Hi, everybody. Okay, so this is June the 1st. Wow. 2022. This is our whole life healing program with Dr. Alex Lloyd and David, Dr. David Peck and myself. And we are going to be addressing um, a topic for All Lives Matter. That's this specific program. Before we hear from them, though, um, I'm going to share this disclaimer. This presentation is for education and informational purposes only. And since we're going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we want to make sure that you understand this information is not intended to heal or cure anything. Everything in the presentation are the opinions of Dr. Alex Lloyd, Dr. David Peck, myself, or maybe even you if you choose to share. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concerns you may have. All right, guys. So it's all yours. Thank you. Alex? Oh, Thank there you, you are. so much, Johanna. Um, David, what is going on, man? The elephant in the room is you. What's going yeah, on? What happened? What? What happened to your hair? No, is it the color or? Uh, it looks I, like you're bald. <laughs> oh, really? No, you know, I'm looking at the screen and I'm saying, oh, wow, maybe I have to clean the screen or something like that. No, I really haven't changed, you know, you but look, I guess. Yeah, you look like, uh, okay, I can see your hair a little bit now, but it almost looked like you were bald. All right, all right. Yeah, there you go, there you go. All right, all right. welcome everyone. Um, I'm Alex Lloyd. This is Dr. David Peck, double board certified surgeon, Columbia Presbyterian, 20 something years of professor, Columbia Presbyterian, um, over 50 clinical papers published for United States patents in the area of health. And we are here to help you for free. That's what we're here for. We're wanting to help a million to a billion people achieve emotional well-being who do not have that, or at least not to the degree they're capable of now. And, um, so uh, we ask you to join us, not to follow us, to join us. Uh, everything is free. And each week we address a different issue. And over the course of a year, we believe we will be addressing every issue you can have. So if you've missed some of these, you might go back and see what issues we covered because one of those might be the one that you're looking for. And that code will work fine today even if we did it six months ago, okay? But today, our focus, and I thought this was a fascinating one. David came up with it. It's um, forced eating. And if I had tried to guess a hundred times what the topic was that he would suggest, I would have guessed a hundred times and not guessed that. But as soon as I heard it, it resonated with me, and here's why. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's the truth, okay? When I was nine years old, on a uh, school regular weekday morning at breakfast time, my, my normal procedure was I get up, come in, sleepy, hair messed up, in my pajamas, eat breakfast, go shower, dress, go to school, okay? So this morning, I'm at breakfast. My mom has fixed eggs, and she knows that <coughs> I do not like eggs unless 
I'm having bacon or sausage or some kind of meat with them. I can't eat just eggs by themselves. And my mom had always been worried about that because I was starting to go over to friends' houses to like spend the night and to play and stuff. And my mom was real big on like um, uh, doing things correct socially and respecting other people and, you know, uh, all that sort of thing. And she was worried that I would go over to someone's house and their mother would fix us eggs, being very kind. And I would say, oh, I don't like eggs unless there's some kind of meat and they would be offended. Now, chances are they wouldn't have been offended, but my mom was still worried about that. So she was determined I was gonna learn to eat eggs without any kind of meat and that that was the morning it was gonna happen, okay? So I said, I couldn't. She said, you have to. I can't, you have to. I can't, you have to. All right, so finally, she's mom. She's bigger, stronger than me and his mom. So I put eggs in my mouth and I'm just holding them there in my mouth. I'm afraid to swallow because, because whenever I did that before, I would throw up. So she puts her hands on my shoulders. She's not hurting me, but she puts her hands on my shoulders kind of firmly and says, Alex, swallow now. And I said, please don't make me do this, except I had a mouthful of eggs. So it was probably, well, please don't make me do that, or, you know, something like that. But she understood, no, Alex, swallow now. I swallowed, threw up in my plate, all over the eggs. All right, it's over. I threw up. So I'm going to go, no, eat the eggs. You've got to be kidding. There's, vomit all over them eat alex eat the eggs all right so anyway um i ended up throwing up i don't know how many times at one point i was um i was bare-legged okay i, I slept in my underwear and a t-shirt not pajama bottoms and she grabbed a hairbrush with a with real stiff bristles on the end. And whenever I threw up or wouldn't swallow, she would hit my bare leg with the bristles of that brush. I don't know how many times she hit my leg, but before we finished, it was bleeding. Okay, it was bleeding. My leg was bleeding. Um, all I remember is I threw up, I don't know how many times, six, eight, 10. There was throw up all over my plate, all over the eggs, all over the table, some on my clothes, some in my lap, some on the floor. And it finally ended. She did not say she was sorry, anything like that. She said, I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. Walked away. Okay, now the end of the story, sorry, I'm taking so long, David. The end of the story is I find out from my dad and my brother uh, later that she had just been told that she had uterine cyst 
That was the reason she was told not to have me, that she would die if she had me. She went ahead and had me. But now, this is nine years later, and the cyst had grown so much that the doctor at Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville said it was the biggest one they'd ever seen. It was the size of an eight-month-old baby. And so even though it wasn't malignant, she was told, you may not make it off the operating table. So she was, again, thinking, I may be about to die, okay? And today, now at the time, I didn't have a clue what was happening, but today I know she snapped. She snapped. Uh, she was worried about herself dying and, 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 it, and how it would hurt me and my brother and my dad and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with someone close to you dying at an early age and all of that stuff. And she snapped. Okay. And um, so, and, and by the way, my mother never did anything like that before or after. It was 100% out of character, but she did it. And my dad also did one that was the only one he ever did in his whole life that was physically and emotionally abusing me. So I had one from each parent. Now, I was lucky in a lot of ways. A lot of people grow up with abuse regularly over years. I, I never had that. I had two instances. Um, but those two instances were unbelievably negative and destructive in my life. And this was the one from my mom that was David, believe it or not, directly about forced feeding. But it was coming from her extreme pain internally that pain that bad, you guys, even if it's non-physical pain that bad, it'll, it'll, it'll mess up your thinking and emotions. So, David, that's mine. What's your two cents? Okay. I was just wondering also, how did that affect you going forward? Oh, gosh. It was horrible because... because I had some conflict with my dad. I mean, in, in, in my thinking, I love my dad. My dad loved me. But boy, did he have all kinds of mistakes that I hope and faults that I hope I did not repeat. On the other hand, my mom, she was my rock. She was my everything. She was my safe place, David. Well, this meant I didn't have a safe place for for some period of time after that, which affected me greatly. I felt alone. I felt unsafe. I felt very different than how I'd felt before that incident. Interesting. Yeah. So, so my, my example is more of a chronic ongoing thing of, you know, this force feeding kind of thing is, um, and I, I kind of wonder whether it's related to the wartime and, you know, starvation that was occurring because the Jewish um, faith also has a similar type of stereotype. But in the Korean, you know, the generation that my generation and after subsequent also, there's this thing about having to eat, you know, a lot. And, you know, the, the, the more you eat, the better. 
you know, and I can remember my mom was like, you know, she'd almost like sit me down and like make me eat like right there, you know, and, and it, it, it actually, um, I'm wondering, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Alex is, you know, is it, is it possible that could be the start of some way of, of, um, what develops into like comfort eating to some sort of oh, yeah. emotional eating. Yeah. Cause you know, I see that, you know, it's, you know, uh, common, you know, where um, we feel it's almost like if we eat more, we get more praise. I mean, that was the way I was, that was the environment. So, you know, now if I'm stressed and I don't do it nearly as much, but for years I was comfort eating. Yeah. If I had some, you know, grant due or something like that, you know, I'm like, terrible you know and, and this is typical for actually surgery residency as when the resident gets in as an intern they either get wildly you know fat or they get yeah. like totally thin and you know <laughs> so yeah. you know emotional but yeah so i'd like to hear your thoughts on that you know. yeah yeah um i, I totally I, I totally uh am in sync with that david um hope my wife when we got married her Number one by far negative habit was comfort eating. And it was it was chocolate, it was high fat stuff. Um, and I mean it was like it was like pushing a button, any kind of pain, and she goes for something to eat. I mean, like bang. And 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 if she is upset and you know you're trying to talk to her about. Now this was this was years ago, but I'm trying to talk to her to help her not be upset. She can't even talk to me. She has to go get something to eat. Okay, and if I'm talking to her, she has to be eating that. I mean, it, it it's like if she can't get to one of those foods for her, it's like she's going to explode or something. And 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 then. And then it's amazing. You know, you see the things on TV and movies and, uh, and TV shows. And I don't know. And I think this is fairly accurate, but it's, I'm sure, exaggerated. But you'll see people on TV who are addicts and they'll, they'll be going crazy. Kind of, a, we used to call it the heebie-jeebies. Almost like, almost like spiders or or insects are crawling all over your body okay and then they they do the the tube thing around their arm and then they do the the syringe and you can just see if you're watching their face in the movie or the show as soon as they do the syringe their face will go like this (sighs) well that's how hope was with food i mean she would have to go eat chocolate or high fat French fries or something like that. And then like 30 seconds, Dave, after swallowing it, she gets that same look on her face like a drug addict. It's like, oh yeah, I'm better now. But as you said, she puts on weight. There was a period of my life where I did it. I put on weight. Um, and, and so many of my clients, and then the reverse of that, which you address, are the eating disorders, which are one of the biggest issues for women in their entire life. Some men too, but bigger with women. And that's the same issue. It's just the reverse symptom. 
Okay. Instead of eating everything, you're the way you self gratify is to not eat so that you look better. And it's the, it's the idea and belief that you look better that causes you to, but it's, it's the same issue, just the opposite symptom. So, so, um, you know, I, I had a person that I was working with, had, had a, a situation where, you know, when that, that was the only eating was the only thing that she could have control of when right. she was in a, in a situation like the mother was very, um, you know, domineering and that kind of thing. So right. as a result of that, you know, so, so my question, I guess I have a couple of questions. One is, you know, what is driving, what was driving my mother and the whole you know generation of people to 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 do that is it is it that they were feeling as though if they you know that was their way of i mean kind of like exerting control in a way because it would also involve manipulations you know and yeah. like you know you have to do this or that and um you know so subtle 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 um um rewards that you would get for eating a lot you know or something like that right. you know praise or whatever well um, to me so, yeah I'm sorry. To me, Dave, it's a, it's a, it's a parallel. I mean, um, if you're watching this, you may have heard this. Uh, if you Google it, this is what you'll find. Okay, that a lot of sex addictions, whether it's to um, having sex or pornography and masturbating, or whatever, a lot of sex addictions are about control and. One of, the, one of the proofs of that is that, and this is brand new research that's only been done after internet pornography kind of skyrocketed, okay? So we started studying this to see, okay, here's a new phenomenon in the world. Let's see what its effect is. And, um, and that's what they found is that, is that people who become addicted to internet porn and the statistics are saying to me, it may be the biggest addiction we've ever seen in the history of mankind. But here's the, here's the interesting thing. Once they get so far into that, they prefer pornography to actual healthy sex. And, the, and there's only one reason they can control the pornography. So it's a, to me, the food is just a parallel. Instead of choosing pornography, they choose food. And, and that's similar to weak link theory in medicine. You break it, your weakest link. Well, for Hope, that was depression. For me, it was acid reflux. For Dr. Ben, it was ALS. You know, for you, it was several things. Um, it's different for everybody. So yeah, where you break when the pain hits, is your thing and you may know someday why that instead of another one or you may not ever know it you just know that for whatever reason that's the one i gravitated toward there's usually a reason but you can't always find it so you want to do the intervention dave yeah sure sure that's great um all right uh, can you do the code part or? I can, yeah. Okay. I can do that. So uh, we're talking about, it's a forced feeding. Forced yeah. feeding. So we pray, we request, 
that all destructive negative cellular memories, unhealthy habits, addictions, false limiting beliefs, and any relationship issues related to systemic forced feeding be found, opened, and healed through love, light, truth, and God. And the first position is both hands in the temples, healing code one positions. Second position is left hand jaw, right hand temple. Third position, left hand jaw, right hand Adam's apple. Fourth position is left hand Adam's apple, right hand bridge. Back to the first position now, both hands temples. We'll just do one more cycle. For systemic force feeding. Second position, left hand jaw, right hand temple. position left hand jaw right hand Adam's apple fourth position left hand Adam's apple right hand bridge and both hands temples. Okay, that's two cycles. Thank you, David. Uh, deep breath from the stomach and into acupuncture points, temples, collarbones, side of the hand, 
eyebrows, under the arms, middle finger, sore spot, little finger, under the eyes, chin, middle finger, middle of the chest, under the nose, 9G, eyes open, closed, open, eyes down to the left, down to the right, circle, circle back the other way, hump, count, one, two, three, four, five, hump. All right, now both hands brainstem. This is basically your unconscious mind and what it's connected to, which is a million times more powerful than your conscious intention. So we're putting fresh usable energy into the brainstem so it can use it to heal memories with untruths in them and empower us from the heart that million times but to the positive, not the negative. All right, now governing and conception vessel, let's activate three times, please. This is going against the flow of energy and calms the central nervous system. which is another way of saying reduces stress. All right, now custom healing centers. Let's start with forehead. Please open and harmonize. Throat, please open and harmonize. Heart, please open and harmonize. Base or root, please open and harmonize. Middle of the stomach, please open and harmonize. Crown, please open and harmonize. Under the belly button, please open and harmonize. Forehead, please open and harmonize. And then uh, last section, let's do the rapid eye stress release uh, three times, about 20 seconds each. So go. Stop, deep breath. Go again. About 20 seconds. Stop. Deep breath. One more time. Go. Stop. Both hands over the heart. Slow, deep breaths for about a minute. Just let it process. 
And when you're ready, open your eyes, check your zero to 10, make a note of any change, and then do another one or come back there later. So in light of what we've talked about today, a kind of my uh, encapsulization, I guess, Dave, of that is the next time you do behavior that it has a negative result in your life. You feel guilt, you feel ashamed, you feel I shouldn't have done that, you feel it was wrong, you feel, oh shoot, I'm trying to lose weight and I ate another half gallon of ice cream, I any kind of negative. Ask yourself, okay, am I trying to control something that I can't control and the behavior is just a substitute symptom. Wow. And typically that will be the truth. And if you find the real cause and address it, then it will tend to heal and unbelievable. Now I don't feel like I have to control. Why? Because the pain has gone down. There you go. So, that's it for me, Dave, and I've got to run. Uh, anything you want to add, and please don't go anywhere, everybody. Johanna's here to do customs. We love you. Please tell your friends. Uh, we're going to keep doing this, try to help as many as we can, and give you everything for free. So uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. Love you. Love you, Johanna. Love you, too. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alex. Love you, too. All right. So. Um Everyone that's um, on the phone now, I want to thank you for participating. Um, we're going to, there's going to be a short pause and then I'm going to open the line uh, and give you a, a chance to get a custom code or a custom trilogy. So um, if you're just attending for the teaching with Dr. Alex and Dr. David, we're going to come back again next week. So thank you for coming. I'm going to stop this recording now and I'm going to ask. Uh, if any of you are online and you want a custom code or a custom trilogy, you can raise your hand, star nine.